Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friends. Thank you for listening to this week's God story. We have a great testimony from my friend, Anne Dunnigan. Hi, Anne, and welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Jamie. I'm honored to be here. So a little about Anne and what you are about to hear is that her and her husband have founded Harvest Ministry that focuses on winning souls and loving orphans and equipping the nations and mobilizing mission-minded women and their families. And I love the statement that they have. It's missions is not just for missionaries. God's call is for all. And Anne is going to talk about how she started this ministry with her husband and why they have a passion to care for the orphans and the unreached people in remote places. So Anne, we would love to hear more about who you are and how God pursued you with this calling in your ministry and his God's crazy provisions in your life. I can't wait. Oh, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, God is so awesome. And it is just a joy and an honor to be able to work with him and to just draw close to Jesus and just as we do to just feel more of his heart and his love. So um, I'm a mom of seven children. Uh, My husband and I have been married for 34 years and we have been involved in global missions ever since we were about 21 years old. So I received Jesus really little. (laughs) My mom led me to Jesus when I was about three. I loved him fervently as a little child. I had a heart even when I was very young, even at eight years old. I had this special time at a family camp where I I went out into the woods and I, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to open up my Bible. And, you know, I was only eight, but there were some verses in Jeremiah about going to the nations and even though you're just a child and the Lord just spoke to me through those verses. And as a teenager, I had a, a little time that, you know, I, you know, wasn't doing quite so well, but mostly throughout my whole teenage years, just fervently loving Jesus. And my husband and I got married early and at 21 years old, we started doing mission work around the world. Wow. Yeah. I got married early too. I was 20. (laughs) So I can relate. We've been married for about 24 years now. So that's a long time, just like you, (laughs) and started things early. So I think that's great when you meet your loved one early on in life and just become best friends and start early doing life together, right? Yes. Yes. And, you know, something of just realizing sometimes when I was growing up, I thought that I didn't really have a God story. Like I I thought that I didn't really have a very exciting testimony because I came to Jesus very young and I loved him in my teenage years and my young adult years. But I began to realize that the God stories are not like what the enemy has done. Like the God stories is what Jesus has done. And 
over the years of just realizing that there is a battle in the world and there are so many people who need the Lord and there's so many children and people trapped in poverty and orphans of just realizing that God wants all of us to have a part of that. And it's just been absolutely amazing to see how God has provided. And when we first launched into ministry, my husband and I, we were just finishing up college and Bible school and we were feeling like we were supposed to move from Oklahoma to Oregon. And we had saved our money for a couple of years. So we had about a year of savings and we put our car for sale and we put like all of our furniture and things for sale. And we were just going to, you know, sell everything and then launch into ministry. And the more we tried to like calculate it out of you know, how were we going to make this work long-term? Like we didn't have anybody that was supporting us or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what we were doing. We we didn't have a support base, but yeah. we we were just trusting that as we would launch out, that God would take care of us. And anyway, we got to this one place and we were trying to calculate on paper how it was going to work over the next few years. And the more we tried to calculate it, it didn't make sense. And then my husband came to me and he really felt in prayer. He felt like the Lord was saying that the job that he had right then would be the last secular job he would ever have. And he just felt like God was going to provide for us. Mm -hmm. And, And then... Uh, you know, we began to wonder as, you know, we released the lease on our apartment and as we, you know, began to sell everything, it just became more and more, how are we going to do this and kind of worry and fear. And then one day my husband went out, his name is John. My husband went out on a walk and while he was gone, I was at home with our one baby and I just felt like the Lord say, get ready to give something big. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. And when my husband got back from his walk, he looked at me and he said, Anne, I need you to sit down. And so I sat down and he said, I feel like we've been trusting in ourself, in our stuff and everything's selling and our savings. And he said, I feel like God wants for us to absolutely surrender everything, to just forsake it all, give away our car, give away our savings, give away everything we have for sale and trust him and that he's going to take care of us. Wow. And it was so amazing, Jamie. Something happened on the inside of me when my husband said that. And I just felt like if it's God, it will work. And if it's not God, we shouldn't be doing this anyway. So what on earth do we have to lose? And I just said, all right, let's right. do it. Let's do it today. So so sell everything and don't keep the money? Or no, give everything. Give everything. We yeah. gave everything away and we did it that day. We gave away our car. We gave away all of our savings to our local church. We gave away all of our furniture and we were just so excited. We just knew that God was going to provide for us. (laughs) Uh, And then it got down to right when we were going to be getting ready to go and we didn't have a car and we didn't have any money 
And all of a sudden, my husband is like, oh, man, did I hear you right, Lord? Uh, have I just turned into a flake? Yeah, now and- the doubts start to enter, which is yes, common, right? Yeah. And to have such a intimate relationship with the Lord, both of you together at such an early stage in your marriage is just really awesome. That's inspiring because not many of us do, you know, that early on. So I love that. How to just shed that little light right there. (laughs) What actually ended up happening is that my husband felt like as soon as we do everything that God's told us to do, we would see his provision. And so it was Mm -hmm. like, what have we not done? I mean, I thought we gave it all away, but then we, we actually got out our for sale list and we started going over the things on our for sale list. And as we went down, because we felt that's what that God had said, give everything away on our for sale list. And as we went over the list, we noticed blue lamp. And over in the corner of our, our apartment, just sitting on a little cardboard box, was this blue lamp that we had got at a garage sale. It was only like $5, but it was like the lamp. We didn't give away the lamp. And anyway, we, we, we took that away. lamp and and we ran over to a neighbor's house and we gave it to him along with some like pots and pans and things like that. And yeah, here, take it. As, I don't care if you don't want it. Just take it. Yeah. <laughs> But as soon as my husband came back in, we got this phone call and somebody, it was like, is this John Dunnigan? He says, yes. Well, well, I don't even know you, but my, our wives know each other. And do you need a car? And like, no one, no one knew we needed a car. No one knew what was going on. And, you know, no one had given us anything except for like a Christmas present and to have such a huge need. Anyway, this person Uh. gave us this vehicle. Yeah. They were actually just heading out into ministry as well. And just this has been now over 30 years ago, since 1987. And over the years, God's provision has been absolutely incredible. We we don't ask for money. We do have a newsletter that we send out to about 150 people, just people who have given to the ministry over the years. But mm-hmm. God has provided for hundreds, like hundreds and hundreds of mission trips. We We now have... Over a thousand, we have 1,100 orphan children that the ministry is supporting full time in both Asia and Africa. The Lord has provided for buildings and for schools and for, you know, orphanage buildings and for churches. And it has been incredible. And not just the big things, but even little things Mm -hmm. like, you know, braces for our children or bicycles or things like that. But yes, I know he cares about the small details. Like we, we kind of pass over that kind of thinking, oh, it's such a small detail. I don't know. It's not putting a, a water well in Africa, but it's to treat my kid's teeth or, you know, something that is a necessity, but we kind of overlook it and don't ask, but God wants us to ask everything that we're concerned or that we need. He wants us to ask him no matter how big or small the detail is. I love that. Yeah. We had one time where we had a teenage daughter, uh, middle school, who was really needing braces. And we looked into how much that was going to cost and we didn't have the money for it. But There was someone at that time that sent us a letter and they said, we just feel like we're supposed to be giving you $200 a month and it's not supposed to be for the ministry. It's supposed to be for your family. 
And we said, well, could we use it for our daughter's braces? And they said, absolutely. And so, you know, that, that was just like one little, little thing that there, there was one time we had taxes that we needed to pay. And, you know, there's a story in the Bible about how, you know, Jesus said, go catch a fish. And there was the money in the fish's mouth. Well, there was one time we had taxes that were due and we had a gift that arrived that day that was to the dollar exactly what was needed to pay for our taxes. And it was a random, weird amount. It, it was it was so incredible. Wow. There, there was even one time when one of our kids was getting married and I needed to have a, a dress for the wedding, a mother of the groom dress. And it, it was going to be in Oklahoma. And I was kind of feeling like it needed to be kind of classy for this wedding. And I had a couple hundred dollars that I had set aside to get myself a dress for the wedding. And I had looked and looked and I tried on dresses and it was so frustrating. I, I'd looked for several months. Yeah. And finally, I read a book uh, by Randy Alcorn. It's called Money, Possessions, and Eternity. And in this book, he talked about how he had kind of become obsessed about finding this one magazine article about C.S. Lewis. And he finally just kind of surrendered the whole thing to the Lord. And then somebody gave him that magazine in the mail, like randomly, some reader had given him this magazine. And what I felt like the Lord put in my heart is I felt him say, Anne, I want you to take that $200 and I want you to give it to this one mission project in the Philippines. It it wasn't even one of my projects. It was a project our church was doing. Right. And it it was like, I knew that if I gave that money, Mm -hmm. I would not have money for my dress. And, And so it would mean I would have to trust that the Lord would provide a dress. And I knew how hard it had been when I was even looking for a dress, you know, with money and, uh, mm-hmm. but so like for me, that step of obedience mm-hmm. is yeah. I, we, they actually had these boots up in the front of church. Cause it was like to buy boots for these village pastors. And so I remember I took the, that 200, I had $200 bills in my, in my purse and I took that $200 and I went up and put them in those boots and I'm like, okay, Lord, I trust you. There was nothing in my closet that would be anywhere appropriate for me to wear as the mother of a groom at a wedding. You know, it was a big deal. Like, you know, we we believed for lots of crazy, amazing things, but this was so personal and it really mattered to me. Mm -hmm. And when I gave that, I'm like, okay, Lord, I trust you. And just a couple days later, somebody came up to me and said, hey, I, I, I don't want to be offensive or anything. And I, I don't know what you're thinking about for your son's wedding. But if you want, you can come by and I have a dress that I wore to my daughter's wedding. And you want to come take a look at it? And I went mm. and it was this most beautiful, gold, long gorgeous dress that was it like it fit it had jewelry like it fit me absolutely perfectly oh that's awesome and it it was absolutely incredible and you know just over the years god has been a provider so through all the provisions and god providing 
Do you go into prayer specifically and be specific about each prayer and then you see God just come through each time? Or is it more of just a general trust and you're obviously praying, but maybe have not said what you need specifically and then God provides? Like for people who are listening and they're like, you know, I heard God say this, it's it's the, you hear the Holy Spirit clearly, obviously, and that is through this intimate relationship with the Lord through, you know, reading the Bible and through praying. So if you want to shine just a little detail on, you know, are you praying every day, God provide for this, that, and this specifically, or are you just knowing God's our provider, you put that in your prayers, and then you see him show up. I'm just wondering if it's like a specific prayer each time for each thing you need. We've seen it all different ways. Okay. Uh, that's a really good question. Yeah, because the favor is just all over you guys. I mean, that of him providing. And I love hearing this story. I, I think sometimes it's been very specific. I, I know there was one time that we were praying for a very big need. We were praying for 700 mattresses and pillows for these children over in Africa. And it was very overwhelming. We, we were, the Lord was providing all of the ongoing provision, but we were having trouble just, you know, getting where it would look pretty. And, and it was like my mama heart just grieved seeing these children living in, you know, still living, at least they were safe, but they weren't living nicely. And so I remember for that, just really pouring my heart out to the Lord and asking him specifically, um, and just even for wisdom. And in that particular situation, we felt like the Lord gave kind of a, a plan to start smaller. And so we started with this pillows for kiddos. And so it was like $7 a pillow. And so it was like much more manageable to think about. Yeah. Sometimes when we've had a need, a need for $3,000 for some particular need, sometimes we'll take a tithe of that like 300 and we'll actually give it to somebody else praying and believing sure. that God's going to yeah. take care of the need more. We just have found that it's, it, it's not so much like praying for all the specific needs, but it's just trusting that God's going to, that God sees and it's yes. surrendering it to him more than, I mean, once in a while we're praying for, things specifically, but it's, it's more that God sees the big picture and he yeah. just keeps taking care of all these needs mm -hmm. without us. I mean, we're constantly just surrendering to him, but I don't know. I kind of found that sometimes when I am like praying really hard and really specific, sometimes it's actually that I'm fearful and that I'm like fearing that he's not going to take care of us. Mm -hmm. And so it's more trust. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that even makes sense, yeah. but oh. yeah, that's why I asked if it was, you know, more of that just trusting. And I think when we experience his provision, it just builds our faith. It builds our trust more and more. So we can look back and go, oh my goodness, he provided us with pillows or he provided us with mattresses for the villages in Africa. And 
I mean, if he could do that, well, I know he can provide for water wells or food or whatever it is that you guys are needing. And it just builds, just strengthens your faith and your trust so that you're just, like the Bible says, you're unshakable, right? You're just standing firm and strong on his foundation and you're not wavering and you're not doubting and you know that God, if this is aligning with his heart, he will give and provide. It's been really quite amazing. I know, Jamie, when I was listening to some of your podcast of just hearing how you even stepping out in faith to start She Speaks Life, you talked about how you said yes to Jesus, like despite your fears, despite what you, you know, you didn't know how to do it. You didn't know how to make a podcast, but you said Yes. Yeah. And that that's something that my husband and I, we just love to say is uh, we have a book called Mission Minded Families. And actually the subtitle is Say Yes to Jesus and God's mm-hmm. Great Commission. Yeah. And, you know, God just wants for us to say yes, you know, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, mm-hmm. yes, Lord, that we will say yes to him just with a passion for Jesus a passion for the gospel, God's word, God's great commission to just, as we draw close to him, I just see that we feel more of his heart, his heart for the lost, his heart for the poor, his heart for the needy, his heart for orphan children. It says in in James 127, that pure and undefiled religion before God and the father is this to visit widows and orphans in their trouble and keep oneself unspotted from the world. That as we visit those people like that in need, it's it's like it, it comes more real to us. Mm-hmm. And as we see it, you know, we know that God cares about those needs. And so we're just bringing that before the Lord and just saying, Lord, would you like us to be a part of this? And he is looking for men and women and boys and girls who will say yes, you know, just mm-hmm. like you did with this podcast. Yeah. That as we say yes, God comes in with his provision and his help and his connections for his will to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And he rewards the obedient. It's like he'll fulfill that. And it's scary at first because you can't see what God sees, but he shows up and he reveals little by little as you step in. And that's why I just love how faith is it's an action. And I wanted to know, did missionary work, was it a passion when you were younger? Or was this something that you grew in with your husband? I'm just wondering when that all the passion of the orphans and people in other nations that all started for you. When, when I was young, um, there were different things that spurred in my heart to have a heart. I, I mentioned that story about God speaking to me through that verse in Jeremiah about going to the nations. Mm-hmm. So that was when I was very young. I was eight. Yes. When I was 10 years old, I was at a prayer meeting and a woman, a complete stranger, prayed over me. And she actually said that exact same verse that I had found in the woods by myself. It was kind of like my verse, me and God. Mm -hmm. So when when she spoke that verse over me, I remember I just started crying and it was a very precious God moment in my life. When my husband and I first started in ministry, 
we were we were living in Oregon. We actually started a little church in a roller skating rink, and we were like witnessing to kids and witnessing to teenagers out on the streets and in the parks. And we would go to door. We were just doing whatever we could to reach the lost for Jesus. And somebody arranged our very first mission trip was to the Philippines. We went to Hong Kong. We smuggled Bibles into China. Uh, Mm -hmm. But on that trip to the Philippines, as we went into some of these villages and we just had like these simple little puppets and we were just going and preaching with interpreters. And it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, like we had tried so hard to get like crowds in the parks or, you yeah. know, trying to find people in the United States who needed Jesus. Yeah. And in like 10 minutes, we would have like hundreds and hundreds of people gathering around and not even a sound system and people that would just stay for hours as we would share and preach. And it it was very, I don't know, kind of addicting. We're just realizing there was such a need. Yeah. And then realizing that, you know, we have churches. I mean, here here in Oregon, there is a huge need for the gospel right here locally. There's a need everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. But, you know, here, if somebody is interested, like you can find Bibles at Goodwill, you can turn on the internet, you can, you know, you you can have access to the gospel here if you want it. But a lot of places around the world, people have never heard about Jesus before. Right. And so it's just yeah. really that that heart stirring inside of just the need. There's this one missionary named Oswald J. Smith that says, why should anyone hear the gospel twice before everyone has heard it once? Mm-hmm. Or Hudson Taylor, he was a missionary to China. And he said, the Great Commission is not an option to consider. It's a command mm-hmm. to obey. Yeah. And you know, not all of us are going to be missionaries flying on an airplane going to, you know, Malawi or Tanzania or France. Mm-hmm. But we just really know that God has called for all of us to be mission minded. Mm-hmm. We're all to somehow be a part of expanding God's kingdom, sharing his love. Yeah, that's right. So, that's really our heart. Our yeah. heart is helping families for God's great commission. And the great commission is to go into all the world, every world, like the soccer world, you know, the grocery store world, Mm. the scrapbooking world, you know, whatever world you're a part of, that we would use our interests as a bridge for the gospel to tell people about Jesus. That's right. Be an influence wherever you're at. Stay at home mom. You got your kids, you know, you work, your workplace, grocery store, your errands, whatever your hobbies are. That's right. It's all about relationship and spreading the good news and increasing his kingdom. And I just love it. Thank you, Anne, for sharing your testimony and reaching. You said you'd reach 60 nations in 2020, Lord willing, and your husband will pass 80. So Wow, being the hands and feet of Christ and being servants for him and really serving those villages and helping them know who Jesus is and providing their necessities, their everyday needs. It's just awesome work that you and your husband are doing and your whole harvest ministry. I just love it. Yeah, it's been really exciting too, just as our kids have 
have caught it themselves. And now, now all of our children are grown. We have five of our seven children are married. We're going on 14 grandkids, but our children are going around the world as well, starting children's homes and working with child Mm -hmm. evangelism. It's as a, as a family, it's really cool. We're now up to over 120 countries now as a family, just sharing Jesus all over the place. So cool. There's nothing like experiencing your kids having that encounter with the Lord and that personal calling for them and seeing them be a servant. And I just, I I love that. And I'm watching as my kids are becoming from teen to young adults, I'm seeing them go for their purpose and their calling. And I just, it just fills my heart up. So I'm sure it's amazing and fulfilling for you and your husband to see and all your little grandchildren. It's just showing example from what you and your husband are doing, just setting that legacy for your family and and showing that prime example. There's just nothing like it. So thanks for coming on here. And for you that are listening that want to know more about her mission work and her ministry, it's mission-minded families.org and she's got all about how you can get involved and she's got a podcast as well right Anne? yes mission-minded families on itunes love it and her book mission-minded families it's been featured on family life today and revive our hearts and and now you said you're republishing this two-in-one resource as a hardcover and and along with some fun new mission-minded kids books. That's awesome. Yeah, we are really excited. The whole world needs Jesus and the fishless fishermen. So <laughs> yeah. these are going to be uh, fun that. books to read aloud to kids. I love that. Well, thanks, Anne. You're so precious. And I'm just so grateful for you coming on here to encourage us to get out there and, and spread the good news. Thank you, Jamie. And I thank you for saying yes to Jesus with this She Speaks Life podcast. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J A Y M E Elizabeth She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals Himself through your own life story.